Hi, this is Ida Nilsson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the host, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain! Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player! It's just like a story chance of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. So this is Captain from the Peach and Black podcast. And Rob S. from the Peach and Black podcast. It's MC, get it right. It's Rob S. Get, you get it right. <laughs> and the first part of this interview was done at the basement. In Sydney. And then we had such a good time, we decided to continue the next day. <laughs> so the rest of this interview is recorded in Bondi Beach. In Beautiful, ca- sunny Bondi Beach. Funky Bondi Beach. In a cafe. You might even get to hear the conversation of the couple next to us. That could be interesting. Yeah. If you get bored of listening to us. And uh, if you want to know what we ate, just direct message Peach and Black Podcast and we'll let you know what the what, what we had for lunch. I just had a cappuccino. I had a orange juice. Yeah. I don't think... Ada had a coffee as well. It's pretty boring. But the conversation's <laughs> great. Listen to it. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. Welcome to Peach and Black Podcast. Thank you for having me. That's okay. Uh, can you tell us about yourself and how you got into the music business? Uh, it's a little bit of a long story, but uh, basically I grew up in the countryside in Denmark and I went to the small school and we had a very enthusiastic music teacher who were uh, having after school choir sessions and that's kind of how I discovered that I love music. Anyway, thanks for coming. All the way to Australia. Just to be yeah. on our show. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> Anytime. We appreciate it. Have you heard anything about Peach and Black Podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. Unless it was you guys who also did a podcast when, in 2012. 12. Yeah, that was us. Yeah, that's oh, us. That, yeah. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's actually you sent it yeah, to us. Yeah, he sent the email. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we thought. That's cool. Yeah. We weren't sure. We've heard that. So that confirms. <laughs> uh-huh. That confirms it. So you've well, heard yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> Regular listener. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about playing with Zach Mama? Absolutely. Oh. You're thinking about how I ended up or how it was? Uh, how did you yeah, get into that in the first place? Well, there was another Danish girl in the band, and then oh. they needed a substitute bass player for a tour, and she was like, I know this girl, you have to take her. And no, she was my friend. So. <laughs> <laughs> you knew the right people. Yeah. So, uh, so that's how I ended up. Doing a, a being a substitute for a tour, and mm. I really loved it. I loved the music, and uh, it you know it, it went fine. But uh, when I was not the bass player; I was just a substitute. But then about three years after, I got a call: "Hey, can you play one gig in Rome?" Mm. Uh, I was like, "Sure." <laughs> I went and played the gig, and then after she asked me, "Hey, you want to join the band?" So that's how it kind of happened. And then, yeah, what? and that was like I learned a lot from that. That's the lead vocalist. Yeah. yeah What's her name? Marie Dolne. And they're still are they still active? Yeah, she is. I mean, she she has different band configurations, okay. and I think right now she has more or less a cappella, but I'm not sure. Okay. But like it's it's very interesting music. Yeah. Because like, they started a cappella, didn't they? Yeah. 
and then blend it into a band performance yeah. and now back to acapella. That's cool. This, and that's how actually I met uh, the drummer who's in my band, Patrick, and uh, the DJ. Uh, you see, they're they're from that band. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they used to play with Sabahama. Yeah, okay. that's how I know them. And because sometimes when you tour with people and you're together for like a month, yeah, you become really close mm-hmm. or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this time, Either, this time, yeah, you this close. was a uh, yeah. So are you going to bring them when you when you inevitably go on tour? You'll be your drummer, most likely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What's the rest of the band look like? Well, uh, we just uh, did a small tour in uh, in August, September, in like in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and well, I have a guitar player and a keyboard player and a rapper. Okay. And um, DJ, um, and drummer, and myself, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's singing. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. so that's the lineup. I would love to have more, but you know, it's also budget to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve piece horn yeah, section. Yeah, so <laughs> percussion player and all that. Yeah, they cost some money though. Yeah. yeah. And can you tell us some of your influences? Um, Musical influences? Yeah, I mean I think Sat Mama was a big influence because it was the first mm. time I heard like that type of uh pick me uh music and African fusion with hip hop and stuff like that uh, and I feel like there's a lot of world music going on in my music it's not intentionally it's just there mm-hmm. and the same I feel like Prince of course has been such a major influence and you can totally also hear that yeah, so definitely. but that's you know like those are I think my two main influences was he aware of the Zap Mama background with like did he yeah. know the, so he, he, he had heard their music and yeah yeah he knew what? about it I don't know how much yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> They play a lot of African rhythms, right? Yeah. Is that polyrhythms and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. And, and but that didn't really come out in in his world too much. Did you guys jet? Like, what I'm wondering is, did you ever play any Zapmama bass lines that he kind of thought, oh, that's oh cool. no, I didn't really. I've, you know, played yeah. his stuff mostly. Yeah. yeah, that's what you like. Right. Yeah. Talking about Prince, mm. <laughs> the tribute concert. Yes. That was recent. Couple of recent. For those, for the people who couldn't be there, we were watching like camera phones on <laughs> Periscope yeah. and things. But what was it like playing with so many Prince-related people and MPG was, and all these yeah. band members? It was amazing because I was uh, I was scared how I was going to feel about it because mm. I had not played his music since he passed, and yeah. I, uh, I felt like it's you know I don't know how I'm going to feel about it when I do mm. it. But then doing it there with people who had been in his band and it was all love and yeah. and it was pretty amazing all these uh, generations of musicians who were just uh, you know there for the love it was it was pretty cool and also the reason I it's you know it's hard personally for me to play the music because he's not there but also yeah. because I know he's so particular about how stuff is going to sound so mm-hmm. So the fact that everybody who was there played with him and knew how it's going to sound actually made it sound the way it was supposed to, and that felt that was, you know, if it would have it been was acceptable. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. he was missing, but but it was played the way it's enough, you know. By just, his people, so it's kind yeah, of yeah, exactly, and it was just it was pretty amazing. I think. Mm. I know. saw one photo of like I think it was the five or five 
bass players yeah. and Sonic T and <laughs> Goucher and yeah. Mono Neon, Neon and, and you were there. Who who else was Josh. there? Josh. Josh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was wow. fun. What song was that? Like Musicology. Your... Musicology. Oh. Yeah. That's a good bass song. You're playing yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. was, there was only drums and uh, Shelby was singing. Yeah. And then the bass players all we were the just bass harmonizing players. it all. It was the, the bass. And then the horns came in. But it was it was yeah. fun and it was, you know, it was because there were so many funky bass players in his bands always. Oh, so yeah. it was a fun thing to it's do. Like 30, years of, 30 years of funk yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> on the stage. Is there a Prince bass track that you absolutely love? Yes, there's many, but there's many. You can't say when doves cry. No, I was going to say that. <laughs> no, Alphabet Street. Okay. Oh, that was a, a yes. favorite song. Yeah, it was yes. like that bass was. Line. Yeah, the baseline is mm. still good. Mm. It's so it's so good, uh, and you know, from being in the studio with him. I think, like, because when you listen to it, it sounds like he just took the bass and everything was recording. He was just like jamming on it, just playing little all over. The, and then, uh, okay, that's it. Because it sounds like a one take and he doesn't play the same at any point. Is He's just jamming and I know he, he did that. So just going back to your influences, yeah. do you remember the first time you heard Larry Graham? Or, uh, you know, Sly and the Family Son. And you thought that's something. No, I don't remember the first time, but but I do remember. I mean, Slime Family Stone, Larry, uh, Grand Central Station. Mm. I like when I first discovered. I don't remember exactly when it was, but oh. I, when I discovered it, I was like, "Dude, this is what it's all about." Oh. So, was, the, um, was that like the first um, that sort of bass slapping style that you heard? Was it him, or did you hear it through someone else? First? No, I heard uh, I heard Marcus Miller before. Oh. And I heard Prince also before, mm. but you know I wasn't playing bass at the time, so you know oh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. really thinking what it was. And, yeah, and, uh, just that it sounded cool. But. I think the first time I heard like bass slapping was probably Flea, oh, yeah. like Chili yeah. Peppers, and then yeah, like later on I went yeah. and found everything else and everything yeah. before that. Yeah. On Larry Graham, what's what's your favorite? Either Larry Graham or Grand Central Station song. Oh, you can shoot. You yeah, can't shoot uh, There's a. I really like Pal. Uh, I was just about to say <laughs> that's that's probably yeah. all of our favorite songs. Yeah, as well. that's, that's so funky. But of course, for the baseline, I also like Hair because it's a classic. Mm. So, but there's Hair's so many. Good. Earthquake. When so Larry many. came here, uh -huh. I think a year or two ago, two years ago, he wasn't playing Pal in his in his uh -huh. set, and we like got on Facebook and yeah. got on Twitter and like. Contacted everyone. I'm like, Larry, you've got to play. Yeah. And we had this little sign that said, "Ah, uh, we yeah. held it up." And he played like two minutes of it. Oh. And it just, it just blew our heads off. It was great. It's such a funky track. It's like it was oh, even. And to see it live. Yeah. I'm glad he added him. Oh, it was great. I didn't know if he would because you know a lot of people have got their set list and that's just what they do. And yeah, yeah. there's always someone with a sign or something. Uh. Like, I've never seen Prince play Endorphin Machine. Really. And I won't, but every time that he came here, like from 2012, yeah. we were like just begging everyone we could find to play yeah. Indoor for Machine. And he played it just before he came here. Yeah, we, we used You to played play. it before you came here, and then yeah. after you left again, he played it again. Yeah. And I'm sure he <laughs> didn't play it on purpose because he knew that we, oh. we wanted him to play it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, but we, we did play it a lot. I know. 
I know. That was the that was the sad thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a cool song. And the bass line for it is not what you'd expect. No, I mean it's uh, like how is it? I mean, it's not a featured baseline, but it's it's, it's always quite cool. <laughs> I know because there was some um, rehearsal I heard from way back, and I think Sunny T was playing it, uh, and there was a rehearsal. Prince wasn't there; it was just the MPG running through it, uh, so nobody was singing. And you could clearly hear Sunny yeah. playing this baseline, and I'm like, you don't hear that at all, like on the album, on the track. But, but when you is, hear like, it, making everything sound funkier. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's really so funky. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we have to say that last night. What was the other guy's name? The Sandor guy? Holger. Holger. Yeah. He should. He doesn't need to make the pass. He <laughs> just needs to be like a stand-up <laughs> comedian. He oh. was so funny every time he mentioned his steaks and. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. And the cookbook. <laughs> every time yeah. we were just sitting there yeah. trying not to laugh. Oh, it was so funny. I'm gonna tell him that. <laughs> so when is your cookbook coming? That's the next. Oh, see, I've, I've been teasing him with that because really I can't cook. Yeah. But uh, I have like recipes with a lot of ketchup. Like I have ketchup soup. Like it's a joke. That's, but, that's, that's, and a, good, I, that's I a good flavor. Like, I think like he should absolutely do a cookbook with my ketchup recipes only. Yeah. <laughs> so, Someone buy it. I'm sure. I was actually um, like I have a different project with mm. more digital music. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about when I'm releasing that, I want to release uh, my cookbook, cookbook with, it, with it. it. Like the cookbook for people who can't cook. <laughs> it's like, it um, also involves, uh, you know, whipped cream out of a can on top oh, that's of cookies. Okay. That's, that's it good. It's a very good dessert. There's, lo- oh, there's so many things you could come up with for yeah. people who can't cook. Yeah. As, I mean, it's really easy. can't cook. Yeah. Easy, really. Just yeah. buy them. Yeah, buy it. Put it together. Put it together. And that's it. Yeah. That's all you need to do. With cream on chocolate. <laughs> okay, base question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Do you prefer to use a four string or a five string? Because you usually use a four string, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I play both, uh, and I think both has their, um, like, there's cool stuff about doing, obviously, if you play a five string, you're able to do some lower So stuff, the lower string's a cool. B, isn't it? Yeah. Not a five string. Yeah, but um, uh, Prince preferred me to play four string, so I yeah. completely just played four with him. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, but my signature will come in a five string as well, and I, oh, I haven't yeah. really played, actually, since I started with Prince, I haven't really played five strings, but I feel like for funk and rock, it's like the sound of a four string is a little more funky. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the five string can add more warmth and beat notes. Like mm. Oh, you know what I liked on that, on your signature bass? No. Is the E string. You can just drop it to D string. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, it's really cool. For Instead of having to get... stop and go down yeah, and yeah, yeah. tune it. And, oh. and you can put it back up in the second too. So like, like it gives you a little more... Uh, Flexibility. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, and it, yeah, it saves time too. Mm-hmm. No, that I've never seen that before. I didn't know oh. that was a thing. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Do you remember the first song you learned to play? Ever? Mm. In my life? Whether it was on bass or piano or anything. No, the first song I learned was definitely on piano, but I don't remember right. what it was. Piano lessons? Yeah, when no, you're, I started a little bit. When you were young? Know, yeah, my mom taught me a little bit before, and then I got piano lessons. But I don't remember it because... Mm. 
what I remember is. <laughs> I you remember, remember you didn't like the lesson? <laughs> I remember I had this little book that I got before, and somehow I got uh, like the first song. I don't know how, how why I got that into my head. I thought I, I could play it. I was playing it, and then I came the first day to the lesson, and the teacher said, "Can you play the first? Because I guess it was really easy, and maybe you could." You know. And I was like, "Yes." And then she said, "Okay, play it." And then I played it, and she's like, "No." <laughs> Just totally something I made up. <laughs> that's not how it goes. That's not it. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you handle making a mistake in a live performance? What do you do? You just ignore it, keep going? Yeah, you have to keep going. I mean, there's not so much you can do, you know, if it uh. depends on the character of the mistake too. Depends also on uh, if you play for somebody else or you play for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, stuff happens. And like yesterday, when we played the first track, you know, the, the backing, backing track. track. But what was crazy is this happened when we were in Newcastle too. Barbara told me that because yeah. she was in Newcastle yeah. and she said exactly the same thing. Yeah, happened. it's like, and we had the same, this, it was the same sound guy. We had a different one from Melbourne and then this guy comes again and oh. we were like uh, thinking about should we tell him just remember it? But we were like, nah, not He'll after remember. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just happened again. We were like, I can't believe it, dude. <laughs> Again. But then he did a, he did actually a, a very good sound up at least for me on stage. It sounded really yeah. good. Like so out there he as well. redeemed himself, so it was all cool. But <laughs> you know, but there's not like there's not really anything. You know, the mistake already happened. There's mm. there's nothing. But I mean, what I learned uh, from Prince was, you know, if you make a mistake, do it again. Then, uh, then it's no longer. That was the next. That's the next yeah. thing I was gonna say. Yeah. I read that he said yeah. that somewhere. It's like if you make a mistake, do it again. Yeah, because then it's not a mistake. But if it's like oh, uh, or kind of own it, like if you play yeah. wrong note, just play it, finish. Don't stop in the middle or just stop and you'd be scared. Don't make it so obvious. Yeah, but just do it like because it could be on purpose. And then if you do it again, they're like, okay, it's weird, but probably meant to be like. <laughs> That's part, of, that's part of the song, like yeah. that, right? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people wouldn't notice, you know, like one yeah. little note that's not right. You know, some people do, some people don't. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about playing bass is everybody hears it. Like, you can always yeah. hear when it's the bass because it's like a big low note just yeah. sounding all wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about when you were here in 2012 uh -huh. and then we did that podcast and yeah. reviewed the shows that we went to what was the I don't know what was the mindset behind Prince making you guys listen to that was it just like uh, oh he just listened to it or yeah he didn't like he just sent it to us and said yeah. I think he, he was pleased with the with the podcast oh. and uh, and thought we you know because as I remember it you gave a very nice review of uh, the there, I mean the there were some funny things that happened yeah like I think in one of the Sydney shows, his guitar just stopped working. Oh, yeah. I think it was in Little Red Corvette, just coming up to the solo, and his guitar just died, and he just threw it straight down at the guitar tech, and I yeah. thought it was gonna like smash him in the face. It was it was one of the that's my like main memory of that entire oh, okay. tour because yeah, it was I, you I could see he was so that. angry because yeah. he was just coming up to the solo and he couldn't do it. Yeah, uh, but the, you know stuff like that should not happen. You no. know. <laughs> But you know it does sometimes. <laughs> but, but that was, it was yeah. a good tour. Yeah, it was. I don't. I uh, see. I don't remember that. But 
similar stuff happens once in a while. So yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like he liked the podcast and he thought we should all hear it because you know we know that he always used to go back and watch back the whole show yeah. and oh, there's a mistake or someone yeah. someone did something. I don't know. I thought maybe part of the reason that he made you guys listen to it was see these guys do hear like yeah. every little. Well, that no. could have been it, but you know, he didn't give give us a he reason didn't say for it. No, yeah. it's like, but yeah. What is one of your, or not one, or maybe a few, like most memorable, either main show or after show? Or? I mean, of course, the, the very first show I did with him, yeah, 2010. That was in Norway. And, and, ah. You know, it was just like it. So that was the first one. It was the first one. And, did you have a long rehearsal time? Yeah, I mean, I went to the audition in August, and then I went back to Denmark for the CD to learn, yeah, for yeah. the live show, and then I guess in, in September, I came back to the States, and we had a quite, like, good three-week rehearsal time with the band, and then we went to Europe, and then we were in Paris rehearsing with the band without him for a week. So we were just running all these songs, and then when we were on stage, like he came and like everything we've been rehearsing just sounded like it just lifted, you know. Oh. It was so amazing uh, because we were just playing it, and when he came, it just everything came together and just went up. It was. He's got that ability, magic. that yeah. energy. Yeah, completely. So it was just, it was so amazing. And of course, you know, the first show ever and all that. So that's definitely a very memorable show for me. And then, of course, all the times we played in Denmark, it was also been... Home, hometown, home country. Yeah, that was, that was uh, you know, it was, that was always pretty cool. Yeah. I saw yeah. one of the um, musicology shows mm -hmm. in 2004 in yeah. Colombia, which oh, was John. John, John's yeah. hometown. And a few times he called him out. And yeah. That was a good show as well. Yeah. There's something about... If it's somebody's like hometown, yeah, yeah, there's, all that there's something love. special yeah, there. Yeah, it's sure. good, and then everybody knew that he was yeah, yeah, from there. So it was uh, that was the first. I'd been to one previous show in America, but it was like a smaller venue, and these two were like big arena, mm -hmm. twenty thousand. Yeah. I was deafened mm -hmm. because Americans just screamed their heads off, like way more than here. Oh really? And it was like the loudest <laughs> thing. The loudest thing I had ever heard, and I, I was stunned. Okay, future plan. Uh, will you come to Australia with your band? I hope so. I would really, I would really like, love to because, uh, yeah, I love it here, and uh, I had a very good time right now. And of course, uh, it's fun doing the clinics, but it's like you play a little bit. But I yeah. like to have like a full band with everybody. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, playing and play like a real show and go on a little tour. So I'm, I think I'm going to try to work on that. We're going to yeah. be. We're waiting for that. Yeah, man. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, so now you're using this the Sandberg bass. Yeah. What other pedals and everything do you use, and how does that differ from live versus studio stuff, or is it the same? It's not quite the same because when you're in the studio, you 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 know when you're. Like I'm traveling right now, I have the cutest little travel little board. One. Yeah, I have a little yeah, yeah. travel side. So I just have the absolute uh, most necessary, yeah. uh, which I can say is a tuner. Mm. I have a compressor that I use as a boost, and then uh, Octaver. 
and the touch wand. That's what I use now, and it all fits on a very small. Just a little one. Yeah, so that's what I travel with. Of course, if uh, I like to use a fuzz, if I play anything uh, like a, yeah. a, a little more rock, it's cool to have a fuzz too. And, and but that thing, like those good sounding one, is the big. The big box, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, but then for studio, you can add all kinds of stuff because you don't have to carry yeah. it with you. Oh, depending on what the song needs, you can, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. change it for that, nice. yeah. So, but, you know, You're I always like, it's fun. Like, pedals are fun. <laughs> you, can, you can easily have too many pedals very quickly. Yeah. Yes. It's an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's one thing about you that would surprise people that they don't know? I don't know if I want to tell that, but I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm really good at burping very loud. Oh, that's fine. That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I okay. won more than one contest, but <laughs> uh, I'm not sure everybody would appreciate that. So I'm also a very good ping pong player. But you would have had yeah. a lot of practice. Yeah. yeah. Well, next time you come back, you'll have some competition. A little tournament. Yeah. <laughs> ping Purple. pong, ping pong, and burping. That's yeah. That you can like, do both. Yeah. You want to ask about hearts. I did, yeah. Hearts, uh, do you know Hearts, the Australian Yeah, position? I was there when he came. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because he said that he jammed. He said he jammed with Third Eye Girl, but I wasn't yeah. sure whether it was everyone or whether it was no, just no, a couple no. of people. Yeah, we jammed with them a little bit. That was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I think it was in 14, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we caught up with him, as we normally do, because he's based in Melbourne. Uh-huh. And, um... He said his mind was absolutely blown when he came into. That was his first time basically because yeah. Prince had invited him out there, and he said that um, he was using a really cheap guitar. Mm -hmm. And supposedly Prince asked him what kind of guitar it was, but he didn't want to tell him because it was like a Malaysian cheap knockoff. <laughs> yeah. This is really embarrassed, you know, in yeah. Prince's studio playing cheap equipment. Uh, but he did that a lot. Like we had a lot of people coming through, you know, yeah. that he just saw them as like. I like this guy, I like this girl, and, and, she, and sometimes, you know, he would, um, you know, if it went really well, he would keep them or go on a tour, or, uh, or and sometimes he would just, like, if it was really young people, he would just guide them and do, like, tell them, you know, you're really good, you have to work on this and this, and then, you know, send them back and see what happens, so, you know. But how, how good is it that, you know, he could be in that position? Yeah. Just to to do that, that just that blew our minds when that stuff happens. Yeah, what is? I mean, it's so cool he did it because he didn't have to. That, but yeah. that he, you know, felt like because he really cared about, you know, he wanted, you know, all this stuff about real music and mm. real musicians. He wanted, like, yeah. when he saw talent, he wanted to, you know, make people, and he always wanted to make all of us better, like push us yeah. to, to be at our best. But one thing I was going to ask you was when you first got there when you first started the first rehearsal was inside Paisley Park wasn't it yeah do you remember the day you yeah. mean the audition or yeah uh, yeah yeah sure. <laughs> you never something you'll never forget right but people have asked you probably that uh -huh. question a hundred times I asked you some more questions but okay. that was the first gig so was, what I was wondering about was when you're there mm. as a musician when you look around at, this is more of a tech question I guess but when you're looking at the equipment at the consoles, at the studios. Was that something that you had been used to? I mean, you've recorded in studios before. Yeah. But how different is that particular studio from what you're used to? Do you know what I mean? Or is it 
I mean, there are, there are many studios, at mm. Facebook, but mm. basically, you know, it's just bigger than what I was used to. Okay. It's a legendary studio, and yeah. the sound is good, you know, it's, it's yeah, different. It's a it, different was, it was a way, you know, above what I was used to. Yeah. There's every, every toy, every tech toy you could imagine. Like any, I don't know. I, I don't know so much about all the tech specs that. But like are any there, sound that you wanted to make, you could make it happen somehow. Everything was there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you just play. He's yeah. got to listen. <laughs> That's what you focus on. Yeah. It was we went yesterday when we were at the basement, and you, uh -huh. we asked you a question about what your favorite bass track was. Yeah. And you mentioned Alphabet Street. Yeah. And then you started telling us a little, a little bit about why that was such a cool track yeah and you were talking about the studio version what i was uh like when i've seen him in studios mm -hmm. like sometimes he would just take a thing and just jam on it from one end to the other and it would sound great but it would mm. uh like the beginning would be slightly different from the end because it was nothing he planned he just played it and yeah. then that, then he would finish like it would be a one take and he's like yeah okay that's good yeah. and that's how it sounds like to me because it's almost a solo like sometimes yeah. and it's not he never plays it he's just like it sounds really like he's just okay this is cool i'm just vibing on it mm. i don't know i never yeah, asked him but it's, yeah, what it sounds like to me is he really just took that bass and did a jam and he's like yeah it's good i'll i'll, I'll <laughs> use that on alphabet yeah, street yeah. pretty much yeah i don't know you know as a, as opposed to trying to, you know, this is the baseline, this is this, and then this part. He was just jamming the whole thing, and then that's it. And it's amazing. It's it's not very high in the mix, but it's amazing. You have to turn it up. Yeah. We have to. We always joke on our show about when we listen to the CD, the really mm -hmm. the low end is like really tiny. You mm -hmm. can't really hear it. So. When we put the vinyl on, there's a yeah. little bit more thickness yeah. at the bottom end. Uh -huh. so that's, that's a good song to, to yeah, put yeah. the bass up on, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. And does that does that mean as a fan years ago, were you would you say you were a typical fan of this music, or you were familiar with some of it? No, I mean I always loved this music, but I was not a fan. Like I knew all the albums, and I surely found out as I started playing with him. And he kept on giving the songs, and I was like, I never heard this song. Like, <laughs> some some album you can't buy anywhere. Yeah, and yeah. All that. There's, a, there's a lot of those. So, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. So I was a fan of the music, but not like, like a deep deep no, no. hardcore. Not hardcore not, not too crazy. No. <laughs> it's funny because you probably played his entire discography at some at one point or another. Right? Most of it. So I don't think so. No, really? <laughs> no, There's like, a lot more? We kept on okay. bringing up stuff and it was like... <laughs> but you played a lot, like yeah, in I rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe... Like, it's, it's hard enough to learn a set list, right? I would imagine, I don't know. How crazy was it learning, you know, hundreds of songs? Well, the, thing, the interesting thing is... Because when I joined the band, I kind of had to catch up with everybody because they already were in the band. So I had to learn all the music. And then when we did the after shows, we would do different music. And it would be, like, I feel like every country, there is maybe these 30, 40 songs that are common to jam on. And in Denmark, we have some. In the States, they have some other ones. So all that songs, all those songs, I had to learn as well. Yeah, I just had to learn a lot very fast because when we, like, I didn't realize the whole thing about changing the set list every night and all that. But when I, you know, that's just a whole bunch of songs to learn in basically a month before we went on tour. So 
At that point, like, I just discovered I got really, really fast at learning new songs very quick and remembering them. So, because in the beginning I wrote everything down and it was just too much. I could, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's you know, easier just, just to remember. Yeah. So, so when you say you wrote it down, like notation. Yeah. Okay, wow. Well. I mean, not it, like as, not not everything. Not everything, but like if there are certain details, then I would have to write it down to to play it right. Was there a, a specific bass line that he wanted you to play, but you couldn't get it exactly right how he wanted it, or you just you just nailed everything? No, I didn't nail everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, on, or you like tour, that? It's close enough. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I always try to uh, play like you want it to. Like some stuff, especially if he played stuff with a pink, I, I never, like he had the most amazing feeling doing that. And he could be so funky and I, you know, I just couldn't do it that way. You know, it, I tried my best to make it uh, as close as possible with certain stuff. You know, he was playing most of all, all those pink ones and he was out trying to play it like that. But, and you know, I'll get so as close as I could. So. Oh. so it's like more feel, is that what you mean? Like when he would play and when you play, you'd play more by feel rather than trying to get everything technical? No, no, I would absolutely try to, to get, get it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'd try to get it right, but you know, like everybody plays different. We can play the same line and it yeah, sounds, sounds differently. Sounds. So I would try to make it sound like that, but... Yeah. Uh, Put your own spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. The other thing I was wondering about was Larry Graham comes up in yeah. conversation often. And with Prince fans, uh-huh. a lot of Prince fans got introduced to Larry and yeah. Sly and all that kind of stuff by listening to what he was talking about. Yeah. How familiar were you with Larry before? He, as a bass player. Yeah, I was familiar so with him. Yeah, like, he was one of my favorite bass okay. players. So. so way before yeah. you know Prince. I knew about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't get away from the thumb. No, plus the thumb. I, I love uh, I love 70s stuff. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of... I asked her what her favorite Larry track was. Guess what she said? It wasn't Pal. Was it Pal? Really? <laughs> when he was here, when he was here, we I caught up. It. We, we caught had up the with sign. Him. Yeah, we were holding it up. He only played about thirty seconds of it, and then he said his hand started to oh, But he said it's like hard to play because it's really oh, quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. That's <laughs> but that was that's cool. Yeah. So crazy. Okay, turn it up, album. Oh yeah. How long has that been in the works? Uh, well. Long and not long, yeah. <laughs> because I started at some point. I started doing like I, I kind of felt the need to do my own stuff a little bit, and I was doing some stuff on hotel rooms just with a computer and a little keyboard. Also, and it was very inspired by what what Prince was doing with Joshua Wilson at the time, like that sort of stuff. And just because that was what I had, so I did. So I kind of almost have an album with that sort of music, the song that, that's called What on my album is, is from that. But, um, so that's when I started and then and then I, uh, we took a break with the Third Eye Girl and and I didn't know exactly what was gonna happen. Like if, if we were gonna, cause like I got, like we played a little bit after. And, but then he started doing the piano and solos when I was like, oh, I, I gotta, Have a break. I gotta, yeah, I'm gonna go and actually do something. Yeah, cause you know, that could be like a two month thing, but it could also be a two year thing, you never know. So I was like, oh, let me start. So I started, then I started working on it. So this was after January. And then, uh, yeah. 
Well, no, I started actually before. I started maybe in December okay. uh, working on it. And then in January, February. And then I, I made this song, Show Me What You Got, which I sent to him. And he was like, gave me some advice. Like, he was like, I like it. It's good, but. And then I made the, like, a, the, what do you call it, adjustments. Adjustments, yeah. And then uh, I sent it back to him and he said, yeah, now it's good. And then he made it uh, I Purple put it Pick. On title. Yeah. yeah, Purple That's Pick right. of the Week. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, That's cool. So that was very, uh, I'm super happy about that. Yeah. So, but, um, and then of course uh, he passed and I, I just left it for for like six weeks and stuff. But it was almost finished, the album. I just couldn't... Uh, couldn't go back to work. No, I had to take a little break from it. And then, but then I had stuff coming up. I had to do, uh, like I had a, a clinic tour actually with Sandberg in, in May and I kind of had to, okay, I, <laughs> I gotta get my stuff together. Yeah. And, yeah. Get back out there. Yeah, and, then, and then I finished it, but you know, it was quiet. Yeah. What, what are you saying? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Completely tough. Yeah. Has it been playing music? Has it been therapeutic? At the yes. Moment? It's been. I'm actually super happy because I had that planning tour and I was already planning a tour with my band and I was planning on the releasing the album and I know that this is what you would want me to do as well. So uh, and then. You know, it just took a lot of focus to do it, so it also kept my mind a little bit off. Uh, you know, just going all the way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so absolutely, it has been um, focusing on the yeah. music. Yeah, it's been good to have something to. Yeah. Can you tell us a time when you contributed like a musical idea, like a riff or something? For Prince, and then you use that in a song or, 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 or even a live, live yeah. setting. Uh, or was it just like no, you it was, this? Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was mostly well, you know, for the Plectrum Electrum album, like uh, like some of the like, for instance, um, White Caps, the baseline, like. He would very often give me a baseline, but sometimes he would let me like the like the main part. The the baseline goes dun, 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 dun. like that's him. That's him. But then the rest of it is like feel it out. So uh, you know, I just played it. Okay. And this like a couple of the songs, he just let me do my own thing. And then sometimes it was just like play exactly like this. And then I did that. So, yeah. So a bit of both. A bit of, kind both. of most, uh, mo mostly I would say for for me it was uh, like he gave me parts to do, yeah. and then you know it's cool if I did a little fill or something. But I I wouldn't say like it was more or less it was all him, you know. But yeah. I put my little thing on what some you of the stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's the third eye girl thing was really really awesome because he was kind of holding not holding back but he re never really went full out rock you know, he totally he, did with us yeah and then the minute you guys yeah. came along it's like all of a rock sudden band. that's all yeah. almost all you played yeah you had your shows. It's awesome. yeah so that was that was really good it was good because I, I was waiting a while for it to just rock a lot of the fans were kind of waiting for that yeah. period to come but so you know it I feel like that's what is so amazing with him, like to be able to switch like that to something completely different and just peak. Like he was, like, he's my favorite guitar player ever. 
Like it's it's so stupid. It's so uh, good, and you know to just do that and just just go up here and just like and then afterwards to do the piano and the microphone and so, like something and then also peak. Like it's it's so amazing. Yeah. yeah, we we often talk about on the show the versatility yeah. is so remarkable, even amongst musicians. Yeah, yeah. Other musicians we've spoken to keep saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But then to be able to fit in into that, I know I'm asking a lot about the live question. You know, your involvement on stage, and, and what, but you were out of Third Eye Girl. You were part of the MPG before then, yeah. so you actually were in both bands, right? You were yeah. playing the funk stuff yeah. and the hits and all that, and then moved into yeah. Third Eye Girl. What was that progression like for you? Actually, at yeah, the end, like we would with Third Eye Girl, we would play all the hits and all the funk oh, stuff as right. well. Yeah. So, but uh, with a more rock, a rock feel approach. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it was just different. You know, for me too, because I have not played so much rock actually. So, you know, it's like a, it's cool for me to learn too. And uh, it was just it was a different band. It was different uh, music. It all you know, it's he switched. <laughs> so completely. Yeah. yeah. Happy to still be everything and then four people. Yeah. But we we did because when he did the big band with all the horror plants, he had me on guitar for. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Actually, I was going to mention that at uh, Montreux. That was the yeah. first time I saw you play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> on stage. Yeah. It was funny. I'm like, why is Dina on guitar? And then I saw Goucher to the yeah, yeah. to the left. So that was funny. Yeah. So, you played guitar for most of that gig, didn't you? For 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 that big band with yeah. all the horn players, yeah. I was on guitar with Don. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I have a whole bunch of Seoul. Yeah, we're going to Korea tomorrow. Is that a clinic as well? Yeah, it's a okay. clinic, and then I have a bunch of clinics in Europe. And then by the end of November, I'm going on tour with my band in Europe. Awesome. And then Australia. <laughs> yeah, I hope I would love to come back with my band. We'd love to see. Like the funk scene here is not huge. That's the only thing. But it's not even medium. But but, uh, but there's small. always there's always a hardcore group yeah. of people that come every time someone cool. comes out. You know, so which is which is really cool. And you've got the cookbook coming out as well. The eater. Uh, <laughs> it was <yeah>. hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. It has mainly yeah. uh, ketchup uh, in, a, in my recipe. <laughs> <Get> fries. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for uh, coming and uh, thanks for making the time. Oh, I know you yeah. didn't have to, but we really appreciate it. And we want to thank you, Ida. Thank you so much for being uh, awesome and uh, really cool to talk to. And good luck with the rest of the base clinics and the tour, the European tour coming up relatively soon. Yay! She's at the end of the year, didn't she? Yes. Nove November, December. So that's coming up for all your European fans and uh, funk fans. And hopefully we'll get to see Ida and her band out in Australia sometime in 2017, funking our shores. Come out in summer. Show us what you got. Thank mm -hmm. you.